and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. It's Sunday evening, about 11 p.m. Wrapping up a weekend that's kind of wiped us all out. McMahon, well, we'll talk about him in a second. First, joining us from Denver, where he uh, went to the uh, Bucks uh, Nuggets game on Saturday, which the uh, Nuggets outlasted the Bucks in, and he'll be going to the big clash the MVP clash, Embiid versus Jokic on Monday night. It's Tim Bontemps. Hello, Brian. I'm not sure that you're you're trying to say that you feel fine, but I on your face does not tell me you feel fine. You look like you're a little under the weather. You can deny it all you want. but um, And joining us from Dallas, home of the not hottest team in the NBA, Dallas Mavericks, is a mildly under the weather, but still feisty band McMahon. Howdy partners. And I will say bond Timps is always that ugly. So don't, don't think that, <laughs> it, you know, his ugly face is an indication of anything, but listen, <laughs> let's just get right into the Mavericks, man. Th- th- this listen, is a lot of people th- like bond Timps. Okay. Uh, so we've mean. heard, so we've heard since I, I apparently inaccurately stated otherwise in the last podcast, <laughs> um, not a lot of people like the Mavericks right now. Not a lot of people like the Mavericks. Dennis Smith Jr. likes them. He likes putting the dagger in his former team twice. I was say in people one like weekend. playing the Mavericks right now. That's My really goodness. the thing. You want to play, listen, play in the Mavs. They are the most disappointing team in the NBA. I, I had well, a just a in scout. case not everybody okay, knows. Reset. They lost for the second time in three days. They lost to the Hornets on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Second time in three days. The Hornets played both games, obviously without Lamelo Ball, but mm-hmm. also without Kelly Oubre, um, and. Um, Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, who missed both games. Um, and, you know, they're not tanking per se. Like Gordon Hayward had a really good game today, but they just don't have the the, the, the firepower. They're not they're tanking because they don't have to because they stay. <laughs> yeah, no, because they're stuck. They're basically stuck like in the, in the fourth spot, right? Like they don't have a chance to crack top three, but they're a bad team. And the Mavericks yes. lost twice in one weekend to a bad team when the Mavericks have everything in the world to play for. Friday night, according to the point spread, was the biggest upset in the NBA this season. They were a 16-point favorite. Yes. Oof. Thank you, ESPN Stats and Info. A 16-point favorite. And like they came back and you know got back in the game, but they got their asses booed at home. And as Jay, it was in the third quarter, they're down 18, as Jason Kidd said, should have been booing in the first quarter. Jason Kidd also came out after that game. He described the first half as awful and dog. And sorry, Jackson, for making you work a little bit harder. Uh, but that is a verbatim quote. Now, Jason Kidd, that's that, you know, criticism had such great impact on his team. The Mavericks played worse in the first quarter today in Charlotte. They, they, I forgot how much they were down. It ended up being 30 to 16. It was one of the worst quarters I've ever seen Luca play. He's 0 of 6 from the floor. You know, obviously, Luca's going through stuff, as he said, basketball wise and in his private life right now. Like, I've never seen this guy look this down. Uh, and, and, and he admitted he's as frustrated as he's ever been. And again, he did say there's stuff going on in his private life, which, I think I have an idea what that is, and, and we're not going to speculate. He, he has a right to a private life. But basketball-wise, he's he's like he had a terrible 40-point game today, okay? 40-12-8, and he stunk. Uh, now, he got it going offensively, but he got a 16th tee because he's bickering at the rest the whole game. He spends so much time bickering at the rest. I had a scout the other day tell me Luka Doncic is the worst transition defender in the history of basketball. <laughs> I want to say that's hyperbole, but man, when he gets in all in his feelings and he's yelling, screaming at refs, and he's not crossing, forget half court, he's not crossing the free throw line on some of these possessions. Like he's playing as poorly defensively as we've seen him play. Um, and that Kyrie can't buy a bucket. Like Kyrie shot like crap these last couple games. Uh, they've got a flawed roster. J Kid has no solutions and the fact they played as poorly and with as little energy as they did to come out today 36 hours after he was blasted that tells me jay kid's voice ain't getting heard in the locker room i think that's pretty clear and then he's 
Like he's just he's scrambling. The starting lineup is a half to half proposition at this point for a team that's a full game out of the last playing spot in the West and does not have the tiebreaker against the Thunder. They are rowing uphill and or up, I guess you can't row uphill upstream. And uh, you know, they ain't got a whole lot of uh of trusty paddles. I think they're three, they're seven and thirteen since the trade. What's their record with Luca and uh and Doncic? Luca and Doncic and Kyrie and Irving. Uh they I'm are sorry. three. And- yes. <laughs> <laughs> they they are three and eight with those guys. And Ouch. you know, for a lot of the See- time, a lot of time they've lit it up offensively. Like I said, Kyrie in these last couple games, really the last since he aggravated his foot injury uh, in that game against Memphis, he stunk. Um you know, when 0 of 8 in that fourth quarter, we talked about that last time. These last two games, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the shooting numbers are really not pretty. And obviously, if he's not if he's not lighting it up offensively, it's not like Kyrie impacts the game in a, in a lot of other ways. And uh, so, you know, yeah. And and listen, so, Mark Mark Cuban, I don't think he made the trip to Charlotte. He left that question authority T shirt uh, at home. Uh, maybe it's still tucked into those jeans hanging up in the closet. But you know, Cuban Cuban throwing a fit in the Warriors game, like the, the the lack of composure for this franchise starts at the very top. And the two faces of this franchise are Mark Cuban and Luka Doncic, and both of these guys are so far in their feelings and pouting right now because they are the faces of the biggest disappointment in the NBA right now. That's a big part of it. Well, look, when they made this trade for Kyrie in early December, early February. Since then, they're eight and thirteen. They've got the eleventh best offense in the league. That simply is not going to be good enough when you have the lack of defense they've got. And not surprisingly, they sit in twenty fourth defensive rating, giving up one hundred eighteen points per hundred possessions, just under that. It's not a very good team. It's not a team that's going to be good enough to get where they want to go. I said at the time they made the trade, it was a desperation swing. Mm-hmm. to go get a guy like Kyrie Irving, who brings a ton of baggage, who could leave in six months as a free agent to give up. Most of the assets they had left to trade to go get him to trade a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, their only good perimeter defender, one of the few guys left with a good contract that they could use later to use a first-round pick, all that stuff. That was a huge swing that this partnership with Luke and Kyrie was going to be good enough to get these guys where they want to go. Instead, we're sitting here. They've got seven games left, right? Seven games after today, McMahon? I can't do math right now. Something like that. Well, seven or eight games left. I'll look it up when I'm done talking. They're not even in the top 10 spots in the West. There's the possibility they could be sitting there on lottery night, waiting to see if they keep their draft pick instead of sending it to the Knicks. They might. It's the Porzingis trade because it's top 10. And they might send the 11th pick. Like you want to talk about worst case scenario. They might send the 11th pick to complete a failure of a trade. Yeah, I mean, look, this is gone. Even even in the worst case scenarios that you laid out, or that I could have laid out in the wake of making the Kyrie trade, I did not. I would not have said they were going to finish eleventh in the West or twelfth in the West. I thought they'd be a little better. We call it. We called it a desperation trade at the time. We sat here and said this does not make the Dallas Mavericks contenders this season. I, I didn't think that they would be worse after the trade than before it. Now, obviously, Luca's missed significant time. Uh, he was hurt at the time. Then he got hurt again, different injuries. Kyrie's had the foot injury. But again, well, the bottom line three, is they're three and eight when they play. Exactly. So I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, oh, if they just had some health. No, you know what? They had a healthy, they had those two guys in the starting lineup Friday and Sunday. And in 96 minutes, I think they led, I might've screwed up the math on a tweet earlier. I, I, I said they led 81 seconds in 96 minutes. I think I shortchanged them 10 seconds. So I apologize for that. 91 seconds out of 96 minutes is how long the Mavericks led one of the worst teams in the NBA that has nothing to play for other than Dennis Smith Jr. Who, you know what? He got a raw deal in Dallas. I think not that they misevaluated him, but they damn sure mistreated him in Dallas. And he loves, you know, giving a little payback to this organization. He hit a dagger three and, and looked at the bench and said, hold that L on Friday. He had a dagger alley-oop. I don't know what his exact words were, but he had some words for him uh, today. And, like, the, the Mavericks right now, man, they like, 
Well, by the it's, way, it's looking unlikely they're going to be a freaking play-in team after going to the West Finals last year. Well, by the way, the cherry on top of the Sunday is they're going to Indiana Monday where they're going to play most likely without Luca because mm-hmm. he gets the 16th technical today. That, that that technical will not be rescinded. Well, I, I, I watched well there was a pool well there was a pool report so in case people didn't see mm-hmm. where they were asked about what happened. They said he used profanity and it was correctly it was deemed a correctly given one later and somebody the follow-up was as though this was a correctly given technical and they said yeah so that ain't that ain't getting rescinded after a pool report well and no and the other thing is look luca does not he's he's doesn't get benefit of the doubt from the league office he got two t's rescinded a couple years ago ended the year with 15 instead of 17 narrowly avoided a suspension two t's rescinded last year including one in the second to last game to avoid a suspension now that ended up kind of being bad luck because he got hurt. Brunson goes for 41 and 31. His price goes up. We know the rest of that story. Uh, the only T he got rescinded this year was because he was clearly yelling at Dwight Powell and not the referee. But as I joked with somebody in the league office, those were the three seconds of that game where the refs wouldn't have been justified giving Luca a T because he was. it was one of those things where – it, they finally just heard his voice enough and teed him up. And it was that, just like and that's, the one moment they, I, I, he wasn't yelling at them. That's what happened today, I think. Like, yeah. he, he didn't, like, go at the refs. He, it, it wasn't even really that close to being a, a foul. It wasn't, like, a, uh incredibly, like, t- t- you know, controversial play. I think they were just tired of it, you know. And, like, yeah. you know, the, we, we talked the other day about how I thought he was lucky he didn't get a tee for the money sign. The league hit him with a $35,000 uh, fine. Which, it, which is indicative of them saying, yeah, like, you know, last yeah. straw. He's not getting the benefit of the doubt. Well, and one. and tack on 255838 bucks because that's what a one-game suspension costs him. Well, yeah, I mean, the, and- the thing about this team is when we were calculating what they were going to be, we were operating under the belief that Luka and Kyrie would play well. And I know it's not wholly because they haven't delivered because there's been injuries, but they haven't played well. Well, honestly, Kyrie really has until this weekend or, you know, second half of the, of the Memphis game. Um, And then, you know, Lucas had moments, but those guys can, they can play, they can play really well. Like there's another whole another end of the floor. And they like this is a bad, I'm saying, bad, they're not playing bad well defensive enough. roster. They're not playing well enough offensively to make up for the, the for the downsides. I don't remember who said it to me, but somebody said to me after the trade, "This is last year's Utah Jazz without Rudy Gobert." That's exactly what this team is. They are a team that can score at times when they're hitting shots and they're they're going up and down the court. They have no perimeter athleticism. They have nobody who's going to stay in front of anybody. And they don't have one of the great defensive players of the generation behind them to clean up all the messes. It's just yeah. the theory The theory of this trade from the beginning made no sense. It made no sense in the short term, and it made no sense in the medium term because you're putting all your eggs in the Kyrie Irving basket in theory that you're going to have him want to stay there for the long term, A, and B, if he does stay there for the long term, it's going to work. And as we've seen, stop after stop after stop, that's not what's going to happen. So we'll see if maybe they could convince him to stay for all the years and all the money, which will end up being a disaster, or he'll leave in a few months and this will go down as a completely catastrophic move for them. But as we sit here today, like, again, we go back a month ago, the I, I would have never said this team would be sitting in 11th. Oh. And you look at the last five days, they lose to the Warriors at home, a team that can't beat anybody on the road. And then they lose back-to-back games to the Charlotte Hornets. Well, they without lost Lamello. to the Grizzlies without. I know the, the Grizzlies have been Grizzlies, playing well. The Grizzlies, yeah, the Grizzlies have beat people players. without Jaw. The yeah. Grizzlies have good right. players. Ty, Tyus Jones is a starting point guard on many NBA teams. They have a no. good team. Losing, no, to, losing to the Warriors and then losing these still, games. A they huge got game at the, home against got, Golden State. Okay, they got the Grizzlies without Jaw. They got yeah, the Grizzlies for, without Jaw. For, for, forget the Grizzlies. Forget the Warriors. Your season is damn near on the line and you come out and just get boat raced in the first quarter on Friday and Sunday by the yep. freaking injury ravaged Charlotte Hornets. Yep. All right, this I got is more and- bad news. The team that's in front of them right now. Well, the Lakers and thunder are in front of them, the thunder who had kind of a so-so West coast trip. They, they went two and two barely beat the blazers today, even though the blazers were 
pretty much in full tank mode. That was a that was a rough. I watched the final six or eight minutes of that game. That was that was a, a both, rough. Both teams rough got the result they game. wanted. They, they are full blown tank blazers. They are tanking as hard as they did for the second half of last they, season. They sure are. But, but okay. Oklahoma City got the win, which ultimately that's all that matters. That was a big, right. big, big win for them because, as you're about to say, more Hoop Collective podcast after this. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Here's the next three games for the Thunder. Hornets at home. I don't know. Maybe the Hornets are a new job. Red hot Hornets. Red hot Hornets. I guess. I mean, I I guess I shouldn't give it to them. Still, they're playing in Oklahoma City. Pistons at home. Mm. At Pacers. None of them are back-to-backs, which means that, uh uh-oh, what just happened? Well, Draymond just made a ridiculously bad pass that was stolen, and then Carl Anthony Towns just buried a three on the break, put the Wolves up two. With 9.9 mm. seconds to go, this game matters on a couple levels. Not only oh, are these teams sure battling. It matters for... to the Mavs. Well, no, more to... bad news for the Mavs. Well, it matters to the Mavs. It also matters to the Sacramento Kings because, as we'll get to trivia later, uh, and partly related to this, mm. if Minnesota loses this game, Sacramento is guaranteed a playoff spot for the first time since 2006. <clears throat> Minnesota wins. They can clinch tomorrow uh, when they remember who they host. But the Kings have a home game uh, Monday night, I guess tonight, because we're, we're, we're possibly By the way. The Cavs, the guy was at the Cavs Rockets game today, tonight, and uh, the Cavs yeah. qualified for the playoffs the first time without LeBron since 1998. Um, I saw uh, a list. I don't know who, who, uh, who put it out, so I can't remember who to give credit for. But of the Cavs core players, the last time <laughs> Darius Garland wasn't born, Jared mm. Allen wasn't born, Evan Mobley wasn't born. And Donovan was two years old the last time the Cavs yeah. made the playoffs that LeBron. But you know who else is interested in this outcome? Uh, excuse me, has anybody checked in on the New Orleans Pelicans? Yeah, because they're, they're, they're winning those games. Dudes, those dudes just have gone have gone four in a row. Yeah, they've won four games. So they've shot up 17 places hey, in the Western Conference where standings, which is what we've that's been where saying. We are. And, and, and you know what? Last week, I poo-pooed the, our last time we were on here. I was like, ah, they beat the Spurs, the Rockets, and the Hornets. Like, come on, we can't take this seriously. But you know what? You have to take it seriously. And in this West playing picture, like, you have to take it seriously. And they beat the Hornets, who, as bad as we're talking about this Mavericks weekend, I forgot to mention, the Hornets were playing the butt end of a back-to-back on Friday night, and the Mavericks still got just embarrassed. And and the game before, all their guys got hurt. Um yeah, so New Orleans actually. By the way, to finish your point, game. Brian, because I interrupted you, yeah. Oklahoma City has Charlotte and then Detroit at home, and then they go to Indiana on Friday. Chance for them to get three wins against in very yeah. winnable games. The key is no back to backs because we know Shea has been getting bothered, although he did play in a back to back earlier this week. Well, the Charlotte key. Detroit games are back to backs, but they're also both at home. Oh, my so. fault. My fault. Misread. Anyway, um, the, the Lakers, who are also right in front of the Mavericks, they lost on Sunday. LeBron comes mm-hmm. back. I have to say real quick, quick aside, LeBron comes off the bench. Um, second time in his career, he comes off the bench. What I was really the circumstances sad. of the first? Yeah, I know you know it, this. It, it, it's a great one. It, it, it's really a great one. You know, it, it's a it's a it's definitely a line in the ultimate book that I will still write anyway. Um, the... Only time he ever came off the bench was 2007 
Um, Anderson Varejao had held out throughout the entire fall and into the season. And like the first week of December signed an offer sheet with the Charlotte Bobcats still didn't um, guess held out as in the term. He was a restricted free agent and never signed finally signs an offer sheet, like two months into the season, the Cavs match it. And so he comes in kind of as a little bit of a villain um, because the Cavs had gotten off to a bad start. LeBron had missed five games with a hand injury which was the most he'd ever missed in his career at that point. So Verizhao's first game after he had, then he had to like go get his visa and it was, it took a while. Verizhao's first game was LeBron's first game back. And the team had been on like a five or six game losing streak without LeBron. And so they brought LeBron off the bench and brought him in the game at the exact mm-hmm. same time as Verizhao. So that Verizhao would not get booed because the fans were also excited to see LeBron. And my favorite memory from that is we all kind of figured out what it was. And after the game, for some reason, we interviewed LeBron before coach Mike Brown and LeBron basically said, yeah, I came in. So Anderson wouldn't get booed. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was, I, I, I respected, remember that now. I remember that. I now. respected the move, by the way, you know, he, mm-hmm. he kind of had his teammates, but not kind of, he had his teammates back, even though, you know, the holdout had hurt the Cavs for sure. And, um, so then we went to Mike Brown and we're like, uh, Hey, why'd you bring LeBron off the bench? And he's like, um, Oh, you know, he gave some sort of answer, you know, work him in blah, blah, blah. And we're like, well, you know, LeBron just said that, they, <laughs> that he, that he did it because they, I mean, LeBron must've given the walk-off interview. That's how he must've heard. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we, anyway, we were armed with the information that LeBron had spilled the beans and Mike Brown was like, like, he like, like looked like somebody pushed him and he goes, he told you that. And we're like, yeah, he just said so. And he's like, oh, well, uh, whoops. You know, well, uh, you know so what are you asking? What are you asking me for? <laughs> so the best is somebody goes, hey, will you bring LeBron off the bench going forward? Because they've they won and they'd lost like five mm-hmm. in a row. They won. And Mike Brown goes, I'm gonna have to watch the tape. <laughs> and he said, look at his straight face. <laughs> And he didn't well, miss. Uh, didn't come off the bench again for 16 years. Well, that's well, like the all-time hit. interview. That's like the all-time interview when Stan Van Gundy talked to the the Knicks media uh, as he was about to be bounced from Orlando, and as oh, Dwight yeah. was like ready to get him thrown out, and basically all but said that Dwight was trying to get him thrown out, and then Dwight, you know, wandered over and put his arm mm. around him and tried to act all buddy buddy, and Stan was like, "I'm just going to leave now." <laughs> sipping, <laughs> sipping that, sipping that Dr. Pepper, walks right off. <laughs> Um, by the way, they asked Darvin Ham today, why did you bring LeBron off the bench? And he said, haven't you heard? This is Austin Reeves' team now, baby. <laughs> Listen, I have heard. Um, Just kidding. He didn't say that. Mac-10 okay. did. <laughs> so speaking of Mac-10, he had a story after the game. LeBron played 19 points and the, and the Lakers lost. Okay. LeBron after minutes, the game. Right. Scored 19, 19 points. points. Oh, he scored yeah. 19 points. I thought you said yeah, yeah. I thought you said played 19 points. I, I didn't see. I didn't know how many minutes he played. That's why I was asking. Yeah. He said that two doctors told him to have surgery on this um, foot tendon, which he apparently tore. And uh, then he went to a different doctor who he said was, quote, the LeBron James of feet. And which was a great line. He wouldn't say who it was. He wouldn't <clears> say where the, the guy was. And that guy said that he didn't need surgery. But then when he was asked whether he needed surgery in the offseason, he said, I don't know. And if I do, you'll never know because I don't talk to the media in the offseason. And by the time the season starts again, I'll be back. So there's a lot of non yeah, Le- Le- LeBron, LeBron will never spill the beans either. He, he wouldn't want you to know how much he's gone through to get back on the floor. Minnesota wins, by the way, after Steph misses a three at the buzzer. So big mm-hmm. win, big win for Minnesota. Sacramento gets a chance to clinch at home now on uh, Monday night. So Towns has come back and in a week basically made two game winning plays. And the one was a free throw, but this is a Sp- game. Speaking of dramatic injury returns. Yes. Okay. So I don't know what to make about this LeBron thing. All I, I'll just say again, this has all the hallmarks of two years ago when he came back from the sprained high ankle sprain, wasn't right, gutted through it. And uh, then admitted that he should, no way he should have been playing. So we'll see. Well, and let's see if he can stay healthy too. I mean, this is the same thing, you know, if Kevin Durant is able to come back uh, this week, as he potentially may, like, let's see if he can stay on the court also, you know, well, it's one thing and, to come back. It's another thing to stay out there. 
When he came back, he actually played 30 minutes a day and, you know, moved well. Uh, there was obviously signs of rust, you know, five turnovers. Some of those might be chipping off some rust. Um, I don't know how the foot affects your ability to like contest a shot, but certainly did not do a good job of that when Zach Levine hit a clutch three. And then uh, he got too small by old Pat Bev, old Pat oh, Bev, a little, little bucket in the lane. And Pat Bev started the morning with some Charmin advertising on uh, at the Lakers okay. expense. Hold on, on you're, you're going too fast. You're going way too fast. Oh, you're covering hey, way okay. too much too fast. There we go. Slow me down. First baby. off, first off, Zach Levine. He scores 32 in this game. The Bulls are 10 and 5 since they signed Patrick Beverly. Ooh. And everybody on that team, not everybody, I should say, a number of players and Billy Donovan have pointed to Beverly's arrival as a pivot point for the team, making them changing their energy, changing their focus, changing the attitude in the locker room. Like, DeMar DeRozan doesn't hand out. He's not uh, looking there. You know, he, DeMar DeRozan doesn't mm-hmm. really BS typically. DeMar DeRozan is singing praises about Pat Bev. Um, Zach Levine, in the last 12 games, Casey Johnson um, from NBC Sports put these numbers together, so I'm trusting him. Last 12 games, Zach Levine, 30.2 points per game, 52.3% field goals, 46% on threes, 70, sorry, 88% at the line. Mm. And Bev, do we honestly believe? So Bev puts on social media a he's sitting in his car with a with a thing of with a what do you call it a package of Charmin? Was it ultra yeah, soft? Was it, ultra it was, soft. It was just a it was just a it was just a thing you tissue paper buy at the or toilet paper you buy at the store. Did you right. see what Patrick Beverly's uh, explanation for this was? He said that he got paid for it. Yes, well, it was, it was, an it was ad. clearly. I mean, it, it, hashtag it said, Charmin partner. Yeah, I mean, it, and it then you had all like these it. other people like quote tweeting it, and like, by the way, Charmin, how the hell do I get on that list? I like money and trolling. Like, I'm perfect for this. Other than <laughs> not being famous, damn. Okay, I'm. I'll take Pat Bevin's word because saying that he's he, usually you put hashtag ad. He didn't put that. He put but, hashtag Charmin partner. Okay. It was just strange, man. The timing was very strange. The timing was ideal. The timing was well, he'd been, <laughs> it was also he'd a been picture sh- of him in a car, which was clearly not a like I can't I would assume that was not a picture taken that day either. I he mean, had been I, since they were in been, LA, but he had been trolling the Lakers since he uh he left. And he he told them they were asking AD about this the other night. He said he's gonna come back and ruin the Lakers season. And the man well, they hits put- a dagger and two smalls LeBron right in the middle of the floor, cussing out fans. And I mean, listen, I'm I'm mildly surprised that Pat Bev didn't wipe his butt right there on the floor. Well, he said after the game that he's a spoon that stirs. I don't know if the drink stirs the stew and the Lakers were using him as a fork. So well, again, I, I, why why are we Charmin- why are we psycho why are we psychoanalyzing Patrick Beverly so much? We're wasting way too much. Listen, Patrick Beverly's if, a lunatic. The bull and let's let's talk about let's talk if, about the bulls. I, the if, if Pat Bev's any kind of utensil, he's got to be a knife. There's a sharp blade. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um. Anyway, the Bulls left for do you know doa with the Lonzo Ball nudes. Um have i mean not that that was stunning it like wasn't like they were expecting yeah. to come back but like a whole you know, other year at least i i just you know pat bev i mean i don't want to say it was a desperate move but it was a it was it, it was, was a like, buyout okay. it was a it was a buyout move like, like guys tend to be buyout guys for a reason right yeah yes. like it's not like this was some blockbuster by the trade. way he, they picked him up off the scrap heap didn't he wait for like a week or 10 days before the Bulls signed him? It wasn't like they were there the, the minute he got bought out from Me- – it was Memphis who bought him out, right? No, no, no. no. This one we was got, Orlando. No. Memphis, Memphis, oh, Memphis was, was like Memphis yeah. was Memphis was last year, and then he went Sorry. to Minnesota. All right. Sorry. Um, anyway, the Bulls are playing much better. Go ahead, Buntemps. No, I yeah, I was going to say. I mean, you look at we, – we focused a lot on the – 
the the West play in for obvious reasons because it involves 19 teams. But um, the way Chicago has played, winning seven out of nine, they've basically ended the race to get into the top 10 in the East with Washington losing tonight. Their four losses back with seven or eight games to go. We pretty much know the 10 teams in the East. And now with the way today shook out, you've got Chicago not only in the top 10 now for sure, when it didn't look like it was going to be that way for a long time. They're now only a half game behind both Atlanta and Toronto to get into eighth. And as we've talked about a bunch being in the top eight, as opposed to ninth or 10th is a huge difference because it means you win one game or you only have to win one game to get in instead of two. And look, it's not like this has been a successful season for the bulls really on any level. You go back to what this team's expectations were. You go back to the beginning of the season, our tourist Kornishavis, the team's head of basketball operations said, we need to take a step forward and win a playoff series this year. That was what the goal he set was. I would not have set that goal myself personally. Does winning but, a play-in spot count? Does winning out of the play-in count as winning uh, I mean, I mean, they probably should count it that way, given the listen, way the year has gone. But Listen, here's the deal. If they don't send the Magic a lottery pick, then this is a hell of a season. I mean, well, that's the that's the rallying cry. Do not send Orlando another lottery pick. <laughs> well, look, I, I was going to say the way they've played over the last couple of weeks, you know, it, it doesn't make this a successful season, but they can at least point to something beyond the fact that it's been an abject disaster led by the fact that Lonzo Ball has not played. And we haven't really <clears throat> talked about it on the pod. Now is having surgery that uh, Adrian has reported could cost him all an next season. And it's unclear if he's ever going to play again in what's mm -hmm. just really a sad story. But you go back to the middle of last season, the Bulls were 27 and 13 halfway through last season, up near the top of the East. Lonzo hurts his knee, and they've been a below 500 team mm -hmm. ever since. And, you know, they got to figure out what they're doing. Nick Vucevic this summer, DeRozan's got one year left on his deal. They got some questions to answer, but, you know, the last couple of weeks have definitely changed the trajectory from them for being What's just a complete disaster to one to have some hope. Bev. Well, I I think they'll I think they'll be able slots. to afford it. If, yeah, I was going to say I think they'll be able to afford Pat Bev if they want to. Well, that's them. the thing. Like Bev came into the to the Wolves last year, and um, he helped them. He helped them, and like everybody fell in love with him, and he got an extension. Now he's not he can't get he's not going to extended out of this because he's on a on a minimum, but. Yeah, like Pep has done, has done well, this. Got, I would I would argue he got extended to be put in a situation, which is what happened to him this summer. Is he got okay, traded? Fair twice. enough, but that they, was why they he also got extended. extended him. They also extended him because everybody on the team liked him. Yeah, you know, it, well, and it's it, it's really interesting with Pat Bev. It's like he's either loved in the locker room, or like teams can't wait to get rid of him. And like you know, the Jazz, we don't want him here. The Grizzlies, they didn't want him. You know, the, the Magic obviously didn't want him. The Lakers had him for a year or half a year. It was like, it's time to go. But then he in Minnesota, like, they don't make the playoffs without him. He was he was good on the floor, and I think he really helped guys like Anthony Edwards and, um, you know, Jaden McDaniels and, and some of those young guys. And then obviously with the Bulls, like, he got there. They're playing a hell of a lot better. You got to give him some credit. Yeah, I mean, credit where credit's due, they're – you know, if they're nine points per hundred better with him on the court over 420 minutes, like that's a pretty well. And you know, the other thing change. is, like, obviously he's he's not Lonzo Ball as far as Lonzo's a much better shooter. Lonzo's a much better passer. But the Bulls, well, they were winning because they had Lonzo Ball and Caruso as a defensive duo that were really, really good. You know, say what you want about Pat Bev, he's he can be a pain in the ass defender. Like the guy, you know. There'll be times when he is too small, um, but he's going to be, a, you know, he, it ain't going to be fun to get to be guarded by that guy. And, and he is shooting. Like and he is, by the way, shooting 31% on threes and 39% from the field. So, <laughs> you know, again, like yeah. the idea hey, listen, that I agree, I'm just telling you, I'm reading these quotes from these dudes and they're 10 and five. What do you want me well, to say? No, listen, I know. My point is just that, I, you know, I don't think Pat Bell's going to be walking into some eight figure contract again <laughs> no, this I summer agree. at what point. But so, he's so, a, he's he's shown that he's made a he's made a difference for them. There's no question. With a minute left, the game was kind of already in hand, but he you know just one last little store slam. He hit like a he got LeBron off balance and like yeah. made a move and threw up like a half hook and then mm -hmm. made two small move. And then afterwards he he goes, there's no big deal. I do that to everybody. It does. <laughs> I know. I know. So 
the interesting thing here is it's a home and home. Um, the Bulls uh, now host the Lakers in their in the Lakers next game on Wednesday. I think the do the Bulls play between now and then. Yeah, the Bulls play the Clippers on Monday at state at Staples uh, okay. or Crypto or whatever it's called, and then they oh, go play uh, another. Another Pat Bev revenge game. The Clippers gave him up after all. It's only got like years. half. It's only got like half the league as a revenge game. Right. So in the last, true. In the last year, the Clippers, Grizz, in the last year plus, yes, the Clippers, Grizzlies, Jazz. Hold I mean, up. the Wolves traded him, but I'm, they liked him. The Clippers, Grizzlies, Jazz, Wolves, Jazz, and Lakers. Magic. All, all five. Of, Lakers. Yeah, well, the six teams moved on from him. The Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Wolves, the Jazz, the Lakers, and the Magic. All of them said, well, for one reason or another, we're going to move on for Patrick Beverly. That's <laughs> that's impressive. But he but he made $30 million the last two years. Hey, listen, it's, it's a lot more millions than me. Full credit to him. Good, good one. That, that's how I can afford to leave that Dolce Gabbana uh, suit at, at the uh, ESPN studio. You got it back. It's 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 been oh, returned. Thank, thank I have goodness. insight. I have insight into that. It's been you, gave it, you gave it back? I did not give it back. Um, I know it's been it's been retrieved. Um, all right, Bon Temps. Uh, this is um, a very exciting. First off, I want to hear what you took coming out of uh, the Bucks game um, on Saturday night. The Bucks were ahead in that game, and then it looked like the Nuggets just kind of warmed down. It was a, it was the second night of a back to back for the Bucks. Um, I guess. Yeah, I was. It was the, the it's the, the toughest back to back in the league is going from Utah to Denver or vice versa. The two altitude games you play. Obviously, Utah's not quite as high up as Denver, but it's pretty close. And, you know, even though Milwaukee only played their guys only played, you know, 25, 30 minutes of a blowout win over the Jazz, which, by the way, in that blowout win over the Jazz, we saw uh, referee James Williams oh. get on Jazzy Bears four-wheeler and ride oh, around the court oh, after the yeah. third quarter was one of the weirder things I've ever yeah. seen at an NBA well, saw, game. Yeah. I saw, I saw Gucci Mane was the halftime entertainment in Atlanta. They was between quarters. Uh, the other <laughs> Gucci Mane, the, the lookalike was between quarters in Utah. I, I can tell you a lot of people thought that was pretty funny. Um, I'm just here to tell you some folks with the jazz were not real amused. Yeah. I heard this. I heard the same. I, uh, I was, that was a, Brian dropped a tweet from, I think, Sarah Todd into our group text in the middle of the I was at the Sixers Warriors game. I was like, wait a second. I went and pulled it up on League Pass to see if that was true. So I was like, that's this has to be some sort of mistake or something. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom. Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And then uh, I was like, well, I guess it's not. I guess it's no, not a mistake. He, Here's James Williams he, and rolling around on Jazzy Bear's four-wheeler. Like, and if you saw the footage, he was like giving people courtside fives. And there was a gentleman, <laughs> who, had it, a, there was a gentleman who had there was a gentleman who had his hat backwards who did not extend his hand for a five. That was a certain billionaire by the name of Ryan Smith. Um, oh, that's a good catch. <laughs> I didn't see that on the video. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yes, but no, I... I there were people with the jazz who were not amused to that. And yeah. I, I did, Ryan Smith, were not thrilled. did Ryan Smith call Mark Cuban and say, Hey, did you license those, uh, resp- uh <laughs> challenge? What was it? <laughs> question authority. I question authority question authority. There's a, Hey, there's a lot of people in Dallas questioning the authority of the Mavericks front office led by <laughs> Mark Cuban with the decisions being that were made over the last, Oh, Hell, we can go back more than a decade. But yeah. Anyways, neither here nor there. Well, nonetheless, it was a back-to-back. You remember when the when the Nuggets came in and played the Bucks about I don't know five six weeks ago? It was a it was there was a back-to-back there. They were coming from New Orleans, and the the Nuggets shut a bunch of people, including Jokic, down. And so that was kind mm-hmm. of a dud game. This game, Middleton, Chris Middleton played, and Giannis played. It wasn't 
like that. It was a yeah, closer. No, they, yeah, they played. They played everybody, and and in particular, they held out Chris Middleton playing Friday because he isn't playing back to backs yet. Joe Engels played both halves of the back to back. I think that might have been the first time he's done it since coming back from the ACL. And Chris Middleton did not play in Utah, and they held him out. I think in part because they knew the Jazz were sitting mm-hmm. a bunch of guys they'd win comfortably, which they did. And also, I think the Bucks, you know, wanted to come in and make a statement in this game in Denver. First half was awesome. Second half, they very clearly ran out of gas. I mean, the the there was, you know, there's a lot of talk here in Denver about how great Denver's defense was. I mean, they basically just sent the entire kitchen sink at Giannis and said, we're just going to let these other guys shoot threes. The Bucks must have missed 25 yeah. wide open threes in the game. Uh, I think they shot and then, 36 from three overall, and all of them were hitting the front of the rim. I mean, it was pretty yeah. classic legs being tired in the second half. But, you know, Wait, can, can, I, can I ask you a question? Were, were sure. you uh, did, did you make the trip to Shotgun Willies to do any reporting the night before? And did you see I, any do you see any bucks out there? Uh, <laughs> I did not. And I don't know what they were doing, but I was I was in uh, Golden State watching uh, Joel Embiid put up a billion points uh, uh, against I, the Warriors. A, uh, a, a, a likely loss. story. It's open late, Von Tim's. It's a likely story. <laughs> well, I, we'll, unlike we'll unlike the, the NBA teams, uh, I don't fly private and, and we'll be go, able to get in the night of the game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to New York Post and see if we can get some surveillance video. Although I know your cheap ass wasn't in the VIP room and you damn sure didn't cover it with dollar bills. Um, <laughs> hey, the Joker though. Listen. He went right at he went right at Brooke Lopez. I'm a little surprised that Brooke Lopez is right now. The, I looked today. I didn't realize he had been reestablished as the defensive player of the year favorite. That well, actually uh, surprised me. But Joker went right at him and had a Joker type of game. Vegas has no idea what's going on with these with these awards odds. We saw this last year. The final final straw poll came out and the odds flipped completely around. Vegas has yeah. no idea how these voters are going to vote. I don't know how the voters are going to vote. We're going to find out this week when we do the final straw poll after this game tomorrow. Um, but yeah, like you said, Jokic played great. Um, Denver came out in the second half. They put their foot down, sent a message, won the game. It was a really good win for them. Michael Malone thought it was their best win um, since they beat Memphis at the start of the month. It's obviously been a pretty rough couple of weeks overall for Denver. Um, had that real that slide in the middle of the month, lost to the Knicks, lost to Toronto, lost a um, you know, lost a bunch of games, made this MVP race a lot more open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was disappointing. We didn't get to see either of these Bucks Nuggets game with everybody at full strength and fully go. Um, you know, it would have been nice to see them not one of the teams not be on a back to back those times. It'd be nice to have Philly not be at the end of a a week where they've played in every time oh, zone. Now. Don't don't you don't you start making those excuses no. for Embiid. He doesn't need no, no excuses. I'm not I'm not making any excuses. <laughs> he he, be, he might need he might need James Harden back in the lineup, but he doesn't need well, your excuses. I he's not getting any excuses for me. He's uh he's had this game circled for a while and I think um I expect him to be ready to go. There's a we'll see if James Harden can play. I was not at the game in Phoenix last night, but Friday night I asked Doc if he thought James could come back on this trip. He thought there was a chance he'd come back at Phoenix and a better chance he'd come back against Denver. Um, I think the fact that James didn't play the last couple games is probably the reason they lost both games. Um, certainly why Maxie they lost. played pretty damn good in Golden State. Nah, his numbers were good. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the fourth quarter of the game, they were, they were terrible in both stretches when Joel was out in large part because they couldn't run anything on offense. And down the stretch in the fourth quarter in particular on Friday, the whole team, I mean, Joel was unbelievable and they just couldn't really do anything else around. Listen, say what you want about Harden, but the man can get you organized and he's a hell of a, you know, he can run an offense and he can make decisions. And like, you know, he's got a, he's got a case as an all NBA guard, despite the fact that he's no longer like a a 30 plus point per game scorer. He's had a fantastic. He's had a fantastic season. Really underrated. I thought he absolutely should have been an All Star. Was one of the biggest snubs to not make it. And yeah, look, I hope he does play in this game because it it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to be very curious to see. Um, you know, we saw in that first matchup between these two teams back in January when Embiid went bonkers, scored like 47, and they won. Second half of that game, they basically just put PJ Tucker in. Nicola's grill and didn't let him get mm-hmm. into the dribble handoff stuff that he likes to do. And it really short circuited Denver's offense. So I'm going to be curious to see if they could do that again, but look, 
you know, everybody knows what the what's at stake as far as the MVP race goes. Game's going to be on national television on Monday night. There's going to be a ton of interest in it. And, you know, I think if you ask Joel, if he's honest about it, he believes that he didn't win MVP last year because they lost those games to Denver and Milwaukee late in the season. I'm not sure I agree with him that that's the case, but, you know, they came out, they, they've been ready to go for this game and they get this game tomorrow and then they get Milwaukee at the end of the week and then they get Boston after that. I mean, they've had a brutal schedule down the stretch, but they've played great. And the fact they've played this well and the fact he's been this dominant is why he's put himself back in the mix to win the award. And I think there's a little doubt he's going to be guns blazing, trying to Mm -hmm. um, score as many points as he can and get this win against Denver tomorrow night. I'd like to say that one game doesn't determine the race. Yeah. But I suspect that if let's, let's say the game plays out similar to the way the game did in Philly. Right. Not, not making the assumption that it's Embiid who dominates. Let's just say that maybe it's Jokic who dominates. Sure. I suspect it will. I think it'll have an impact. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not necessarily sure it'll determine the entire race, but it'll, I I think it's got a chance to have an impact on it for sure. The voters voters are going to struggle here to try to, to try to break the tie, parse it out. Look, these odds, these odds have flipped. Embiid is actually the favorite uh, at at this point. I'm looking at, uh, you know, various casinos here. He's the, the, the odds vary from, you know, minus uh what would go minus 145 to minus 225 but the, he, he's the favorite and, and joker is number two on all these at this point and look obviously Embiid cares much more about this award at this point uh, really okay but just, point, just to be clear did. just to be clear uh, about so uh, hold on i want to say something about this too I, i'm kind of <clears> tired of hearing this this stuff about joel caring more about winning this award and that like nicole Jokic is just over here not paying attention to anything. He has no idea what's going on. Like Agreed. life is grand. Absolutely. Like, come on, give me a break. All of course I he wants to win it. Of course he wants I, to win you it. You know what? I'm not sure about that. No, I'm not I don't, sure. No way. I, no, I no, no, you let, let me, let, let me finish. Let me finish. And don't you get all jackassy on me. <laughs> let me tell you something. I'm There's not only sure one of those Joker. on this pod. It's not me and it's not Brian. <laughs> Joker's got two of these things. And does he want a third? Sure. I'm not sure he wants three in a row. I'm not sure because just what we've talked about before about the historical context and pressure that comes along with being a back-to-back-to-back MVP, I think he might rather not be bothered with that. I just, I, I'm tired of hearing this. I'm tired of hearing about Nikola Jokic. Oh, he doesn't care. He just, he I'm not, I'm not saying, any, I'm not saying on, he's unaware know, of it. I, I know you're not. I'm just saying the this, this whole narrative this whole narrative that that's come up that like basically is making fun of Joel Embiid for wanting to be MVP of the league. You know why Joel wants to be MVP of the league? Cause he wants to go down as one of the great players of all time. Yeah. And to do that, as I've talked to him about privately, he, he said this, you need to win MVPs. You need to win championships. That's why yeah. he wants to do it. He wants to be considered an all-time great player. The idea because he's, he's because he's an MVP caliber player. If you're an MVP caliber player who's never won one, of course you want to win one. Yes, and I, that's what I mean. I it it drives me crazy that this is treated like it's some sort of uh, character flaw that yeah. the guy wants to be considered the best player on the planet. Like it's it's ridiculous. Well, and, and, Just and, like and, so much and, of and the he, talk about this award is ridiculous because all three of these guys yeah. have unassailable cases to win the award. And one of them has to be first and one of them has to be second and one of them has to be third. And the idea that you don't vote for your preferred, whoever name the person, whatever your preferred candidate is, means that you're stupid for not voting for the other well, guys. And, it, and the whole listen, thing drives me insane. And they've all stat padded. Like we we would always say, you know, Giannis isn't a stat padder. Giannis did the intentional rebound that the NBA had to <laughs> wipe know. off the That's, next morning. Uh, like, no, that, dude, that label has been ripped on off. That, that label like has been ripped said, off. You know, Joker had a blatant stat padding thing to get a last assist uh, in, in yeah. a game against the map. Like that, they don't. They don't and uh, like MB, have there been games where he stat padded? Sure. Have there been games where you know he's he poured on a few extra points as he chases a scoring title? Sure. But I don't think any of those guys you can accuse of putting uh, putting their numbers above the pursuit of winning games for their team. And here you are, the Nuggets are number one. 
uh, in the West. Bucks are number one in the East. Uh, you know, we'll see how things play out. But the the Sixers have a pretty good shot at being number two. If not, they'll be number three. Like they've all had unbelievable seasons for teams that have won a bunch of games. Well, all this makes me more interested in Monday night as much as I possibly can be. And also, mm. wait, do you get to us- watch this one? It, it, you get to watch this? Are you going to be out of, I don't think out of so. Omaha? I think it's on NBA TV. It's it? on NBA I TV. I'm, I won't get to watch it legally. You'll have to watch it. You'll have to watch mm. it later Ooh, on tape. Legally. On Tim, or, uh, Wendy's a rule breaker these days. Boy. Um, I probably got his own time. private feed, McMahon. Probably what's in going, in what's going on with illegal stream? <laughs> I'm going to say his last, uh, <laughs> last, straw poll i voted for Giannis, and what Ooh. has happened that has that should make me change that i guess Embiid has just been destroying but like the bucks are like 25 and 5 in their last 30 no nah, <laughs> you can't you can't vote for Giannis because he didn't get that triple double that that, that if he'd right. gotten that triple double he'd have been your mvp but without that last rebound no way well the straw poll comes out this week i don't know i'm fascinated yeah. i'm going to be fascinated yeah. by it because it's so close to the end of the season. The, the um, official BS poll? That's right. The official one. So right. Temps has got to uh has got to prepare for uh for collecting those votes. Uh all right. It's late. Bontemps has uh gotta prepare, get some rest for that game Monday night. Mm-hmm. Bon Temps your- is gonna do some reporting in Glendale, Colorado, is what I hear. <laughs> rest your voice, McMahon. Although you got stronger as this pod went on. Like, uh, no, he's always some, he's always ready to go. Some shotgun <laughs> Willie's talk really kind of boosted my energy. <laughs> Throwback. Uh, thank you to Jackson, our producer, who uh, flew flew home from Florida and then immediately turned on the computer when he got in the door to uh, record this. Uh, thank you, Jackson, <laughs> and uh, thank you to uh, for you've listened to the Hoop Collective. We'll talk to you guys in a few days. Adios, amigos. <laughs>